Welcome along everybody, episode 35 of a Thai football podcast and one with a difference. As you well know we've planned this for a while mate. New ground for me, I came here in 2018 to take some pictures on my Isan tour but tonight the roving report comes from Konken FC against Ciseket United. Beautiful city here in Isan, Konken the second biggest in the region fantastic city i've come up with uh, my good lady dow we've had a great night last night at Tontan market and looking forward to today's game after yesterday's remarkable result of marasarakum one serin conchimol one which really is unless you understand the context a staggering result it leaves cesa Ket two points behind with tonight's game in hand and of course next week cesa Ket play marasarakam at home so a lot resting on tonight yeah the stadium here in konken it's shared with konken fc over the original club here in the city a newcomers konken united who are in the top division teams have gone in opposite directions over the last few years it's easy to get to, about 10 minutes from the centre in a cab, 10 minutes from the railway station. Tonight much of the ground is free admission in the uh, popular sections or 50 baht in the main stand where us poshins are going. Yeah, highly recommended, as I say, Tontan Market last night, fantastic attraction. Probably the best night market I've been to in my life. Lots of entertainment, free of charge, lots of food, drink clothes stalls everything you want if you if you want to come to the football here go to Tontan on the Saturday night and come and enjoy the football well we're in the 20th minute and the team's going at it but not a lot of goal mouth action until the Ted uh, from a Konken forward uh, came back off the bar and away to safety the long throw's coming in now keeper caught it you thought so far Dale it's been a very entertaining game so far very open both teams trying to attack trying to play good football I think the home side probably just shading it but yeah I'm enjoying it and can I just make another point here I've been talking to some Konken fans and they're with me I had a bit of a spat on Twitter a few days ago with someone about referring to Konken United as Konken and they were incensed when I told them that and quite rightly they're two completely different clubs this is Konken Konken United play tomorrow night they're the team who are in T1 just needed to get that off my chest thank you no problem yeah uh, Panagatsi missing he kicked the ball away the other week and we couldn't work out why and he's at the Rice Isalai game tonight is Panagatsi not up in Konken and the reason he kicked the ball away was to get a yellow card so he's avoided suspension tonight and then he is available for the Marisarakam game next Saturday inside information here on the podcast folks <laughs> So half time here in Conken, nil nil. Got deal with me, editor in chief. What do you think, mate? Well, to be fair, the highlight of tonight and probably the highlight of the season so far is I've met a fellow Oldham Athletic fan here. Nil nil, they were lucky is, to get nil. We've got Michael is, with us as well, yeah, offering his opinion. Conken fan over there. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's it. I've given up on the football now. I've never seen a bloke run as fast <laughs> towards another bloke unless he's the barman at last corners. It, it, it was a thing of beauty. And to be honest, this Danilo could take heed 
with that turn of pace. I've always been came. quick, Rob. I've always been quick. It's the first time you've seen me, haven't you? But to be fair, for, for, I've been here for lived here for nearly 30 years, and he's only the second one I've met. So quite remarkable. Really. So the first half pretty even. My highlight going in the toilet, which is probably the smelliest since train spotting. But we'll get back up to the stand eventually. I think these lads are having a loving underneath the stand. So, blankety blank, nil nil here in Conkhead. And to be quite honest, we could be here till midnight and it'd be blankety blank. Neither team creating a real clear cut chance. They're a decent enough watch. And the best thing is, football's the winner. We've been with lovely people all evening. And that's the real joy of Thai football, folks. Go out, meet friends, and have a beer. So long after the game, the players have gone home, they showered, probably halfway back to Seasicket, but we're still out, Dale. We are, this has been, it's been a fantastic evening. The football, probably a draw was a fair result. I was impressed with the standard. I was also very impressed with the referee. I thought he had a great game. He didn't stand for any nonsense and we didn't get any silliness. There was no time wasting, no injury feigning, which was really commendable, I thought. And post-match, it's just been brilliant. We've been to a couple of bars. I've driven around in a kind of a pod-like uh, how would you describe it? I can't, I can't even describe what I was driving around in. I, I, would, I would suggest listeners try and look at Wheelie World, Cholton and the Wheelies on YouTube. Is that what it was? It was, it was, yeah, it was like a great big wheel, wasn't it? And with seats in it. And I did drive around on that for about half an hour and I really enjoyed it. And then my new friend Andy, the Oldham fan, introduced us to a rooftop bar which we're still at now, and it's long after midnight, so we're sitting in this rooftop bar. Sadly, we had to endure some awful MOR music. Now, I know Rob will take issue with that, because he quite enjoyed it. I hated every single minute of it, but otherwise, it's been fantastic. And now we're up here looking out over the, the whole city. And lovely to meet Michael. Oh, Mike was a great guy, yeah very very keen Conken fan and as I said earlier keen to impress that his team is Conken and the enemy is Conken United I think I need to stress that once again because that really came across in our conversations with Michael is that he absolutely loads and detests Conken United and for anybody who refers to them as Conken is clearly wrong and those are Michael's words, not mine, although I do echo them. It's not just about Port Mongtong, about rivalry. It happens all over the country, folks. But definitely, anyone who wants a football weekend, there's a lot, lot worse cities than Conken. Decent stadium, excellent nightlife, lots of shopping, lots of night markets. Suits couples, suits lads, suits lasses. Wherever you are, come and give it a go. Conken's great.
Yeah, fantastic night. Lovely to catch up again, Dale. Have you been up to anything else? I have, yeah. But first off, I just want to say what a great night that was. I've enjoyed every single minute of it. And as you're constantly saying, you know, it's not just about the football. It's about the people you meet, the company you spend the time with. And it, it was just fantastic. And obviously meeting Andy. I mean, what what are the chances on running into another Oldham fan at Conken against Cesar United in T3? The first time he's been there as well. I still can't get my head around that. But but to answer your question, I have. I've been quite busy, actually. I've had three games in three days. So I'm, I'm coming after Marco's record. We had him on a couple of months ago and he'd done 100 games in 365 days. Well, I've done three in three. I'm, I'm going to miss out tonight. Sadly, I don't. I can't find a game to watch. But it's been great. Yeah, I went up to Non-Burpitshire against Chanterbury, which was one nil. The home team won to keep up their good form at the top of the table and make my prediction look even more solid. Really enjoyed that. Then obviously went to the match on Sunday night, Conken against Cesarket United, which nil nil. It was it was still very entertaining. And then last night I was back at the same ground which was quite a strange experience. Only 24 hours between the two games and the, the difference was very marked. I mean, obviously, Conken United are the, the T1 team and attract much bigger crowds, but there was a lot of, lot more buzz outside the stadium, a lot more food stalls, bigger crowd inside, obviously. I, I, this time I sat with the main body of supporters, so the atmosphere was pretty good in there. But yeah, I've had a great time. Yeah, it's somewhere we'd certainly want to return to. Yeah, it certainly sounds like you were impressed. Tourism around football, you can't beat it. You're learning about life as well as, you know, having a bit of entertainment to sort of split the day up. And you never know who you might bump into. Hello, I'm Steve Darby, ex-coach of Thailand, and you're listening to the new Thai Football Podcast. So, on with the rest of the programme. Cast your mind back a week to the Mung Tong United visit to Pat Stadium to play Port, which was a big occasion due to the lifting of the away fan ban. So I've caught up with two fans, one from each team. So I've got Jim representing the home side Port, and I've got Kevin representing the away side Mung Tong. And this is about their experiences of the night, what they thought of the security arrangements and how smoothly things went. So we'll listen to those two now. And then you and me can have a chat about it afterwards, Rob, if that's okay. Perfect. So we'll start with Jim, Port fan, and then Kevin, Mung Tong fan. A Thai Football Podcast interview. Welcome back, Jim. It's great to have you back on the podcast, mate. Hi, Dale. Good to speak to you again. And the reason you're on is to talk about the big game, as we have to call it by law, which was Port against Mung yeah. Tong United on Wednesday night, which was quite a historic occasion because it saw the lifting of the infamous away fan ban. So obviously for people who don't okay. know, there was a couple of incidents eight, nine years ago involving fans of Port and Mung Tong, things we don't really see in Thai football. And it led to fans being banned from watching the away game, this fixture. And after a lengthy period, they decided for some reason that this was the the right time to lift it and away fans will be allowed back in so Wednesday night Mung Tong United fans were welcomed to Pat Stadium how did it go? There's not many people who talk up the uh, police and kind of administration type side of Thailand but they actually got it pretty much spot on I thought on Wednesday when you arrived to the Pat complex there was a couple of flatbed kind of pickup trucks sat in, in the gate and a few police milling around you thought oh this could be very heavy handed kind of thing but then when you actually got into the kind of the fan park area 
there was no extra presence. There was Montong fans in there milling around, being friendly, being you know they 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 were they were welcomed. You know, we we spoke to them. Uh, there there were Farang Montong and Thai Montong fans in there, and they were yeah there was lots of waving and you know everyone, everyone was very clear on yeah you know, that they shouldn't be a problem. Everyone wanted to be, did want to be mates has been as has been pushed, and the loving was very much there for all to see. They told us that they would keep us in for half an hour after the game. That that the away fans would have twenty minutes to leave the stadium, and then and then we would be let out afterwards. In actual fact, there seemed to be people leaving straight after the end of the game. Yeah, there'd been it was straight because there was no real sense of animosity between the two sets of fans. They were there, and 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 there wasn't even really any. It was it, our our end was superb, but we we just made noise. We didn't really seem to go for them, even though even the way that we would for for an average set of away fans. We just did our thing and didn't really uh, didn't seem to interact with them in our area, which was different. The the gap between the home and away fan, fan, set of fans was much wider, and there was there's normally like one or two police in there. There was a policeman every few seats in there, so they they made themselves visible there. The police weren't visible. I thought it'd be like one of those old photos that you've seen of, of Pat and other stadiums where there's a lot line of police all in right gear around the edge of the. But they didn't. They kept a low profile. They didn't make the thing feel like anything more than it had to be. And at the end, people were leaving if they wanted to immediately. Obviously, majority of the crowd chose to stay in and and, and applaud the players for, uh, for what had happened. And we were allowed to leave. And then when we're outside and, and, and hanging around and having a few drinks as we do, about an hour or so, maybe a little bit longer after that, a convoy of police vehicles drove out. And you suddenly realised that there was probably quite a few policemen tucked away somewhere around in and around the area. And they were, yeah, they, if it had a, anything terrible out of happened, there would have been a, a lot of police there ready to do something. But it wasn't needed and it was it was really quite friendly and amicable between the two sets of bands. It's, it's nice that it all passed off peacefully, considering the game as well. That was that was quite an exciting yeah. roller coaster ride, wasn't it? But it's good to hear you were all mixing yeah, and mingling yeah. before and after the game. That's really what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, I know people who will criticise Thai football, saying it, you know, it lacks passion and you don't get that edge that you get mm. in certain games in England. But I think for most of us, that's a good thing. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm in my sixties now. I don't really, I don't really want to take my life into my hands every time I go to a football match like I used to do when I was growing up. I, I think it's nice, and the fact that everybody behaved themselves and everybody seemed to be mature about it, even the police, which is pleasing to hear, because as you say, you know, there have been times in the past when they've been a bit heavy-handed when they haven't needed to be, and that's kind of provoked things rather than calm things down, hasn't it? Did they bring many? Okay. Was the way end full? It was It was difficult to tell on the television because, as, as you know, they're, they tend to be on the same side as the cameras. So what kind of turnout was there from Mung Tong? It wasn't sold. It was a long way. Their, their end was a long way off, off of sold out. They had a decent following. You know, it wasn't empty, but it certainly wasn't full. What they didn't have is, I think maybe their ultras stayed away, which might again might be a sensible and perhaps they were asked by the club not to come because yeah, you know, another thing that could you know sometimes if you turn up to the ground, there's a load of balaclavaing, wearing all in black clad, aggressively posturing fans, and yeah, you know, we had our ultras at our end, so you know they could be taken as aggressive, but they're not really. But I'm not, and, and, and I don't want to imply that the Montong ultras are, are a problem, but yeah, you know, if you have some of that that might be but there wasn't that yeah there was there was a decent support from them and and but far from sold out and and the other thing about the building of Britain yeah there's been there was trouble but there's been a, a real sense of building bridges between the two sets of fans as well over the last uh eight nine years in, in I mean the, the big one I think really kind of made people take realize that it, time time's a great healer obviously in eight years since 
since anything bad happened is, is really useful. And then in that in that period, about halfway through, we had we had the tragedy where we lost some fans in a in a minibus crash as they went up to Nongbua for a cup game. The Mongtong fan groups, when that happened, were absolutely superb. They brought flowers, they attended the funerals and things like that. They really they really came through and said, look, we're, 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 we don't particularly, you know, we might not like each other on a level, but, you know, football's football. Yeah, we are the same if we're uh, and different at the same time. That was kind of a defining moment and the, the animosity really faded away from that point a little bit. Yeah, there, there was passion in there on Wednesday night and, you know, people doing all the normal things. But just, it was heated in the match, but when you walk outside, it, it, it's done and you don't want to you don't want to hit anybody and I want to be hit yourself. It's just the way it should be. I think that's absolutely fine. I mean, like you say, it's all about the 90 minutes, isn't it? So do you think that's it now? Yeah. Do you think we, we can move on and, you know, this will no longer be an issue and away fans will just be admitted as is the norm for every other game? Well, you hope so. I mean, it's only, it's only ever been us and them that have had the... Uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's other ones uh, down the league, I think, where, there, where, there, where there's a ban on clubs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hope, I mean, don't presume that it's absolute, that there'll never be another incident, you know, but it, it, it feels, it felt like just another game, you know. It's no different to another club that, that there's a rivalry with and, or any other game that you kind of look for when the fixtures come out. Let's hope so. Let's Let's hope that's... You know, things can return to normal now. It was a great occasion. It looked like it. That came across on the telly. And I'm I'm so pleased to hear that everything went well. The ticketing arrangements worked, the segregation and the supervision worked, and that everybody behaved themselves. It was it was a great advert for Thai football, I thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a great it was a great atmosphere to be in. It was was brilliant. Yeah, it was great. The atmosphere was was superb. The fans were I mean, that was how Thai fans were. Again, what you talk when you you mentioned like the different cultures. I mean, at half time in England, Port would have been booed off. And the Thai fans, all they did, all that or, or certainly now around us, our 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 section of, of Thai fans just were relentless. They just chanted from the start till well after the game and they don't turn on the team. They just it's endless support and it was really superb to see on Wednesday night. But I, I think you're right. I mean, it, it is great to have that attitude. You know, we, we kind of look at it sometimes, you know, we can be a bit cynical about it. But yeah, it worked on Wednesday night. So it's, it's good to to be positive about the whole thing. I guess Mung Tong fans won't be too happy with the final result, but they've got to be pleased with the way everything went off the field, certainly. And, and like I said earlier, hopefully that's it now. There'll be no more of this silliness and we can just all get on with enjoying the game. Yeah, yeah. hopefully that is the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. Right, it's been great to chat, Jim. Really appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. And it's good that you got your voice back. We gave you a couple of days to recover as well. So <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully see you um, in a few weeks' time. Yes, all being well. All right. See you, mate. Bye. Bye-bye. Time Football Podcast. Interview. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Kevin. It's great to have you on and it's good to chat. Hello, Dale. It's good to be back as well. So you're here this week to talk about last Wednesday's Port versus Tong United game, which is famous, or infamous, should I say, for the trouble that has followed the fixture in the past, which led to the fan ban, which thankfully was lifted this season. So Tong United fans were allowed into Pat Stadium and you went along. Is that right? That's correct. I was there. So I just want to talk about your experiences, really, how it was getting a ticket, how you felt at the ground. So when you heard the fan ban was lifted, how, how did you feel? I was planning to go to that stadium anyways. Even if the fan ban was not lifted, I was probably going to sit in the home side. But the fact that it was lifted, I was excited and I was I just cleared all of my schedule just to go to that game. So you would have gone in disguise? Regardless, yes. 
I would have. Have you done that before? No, I've not. Because I know one or two people have. I'm, I am aware that there's been a few Port fans who've gone to Mung Tong, not wearing replica kit, and a few Mung Tong fans who've been to Port. So it's it, it's a shame, isn't it, when you have to sneak around like that? It would have made a, a really good YouTube video. Behind enemy lines, I guess. <laughs> exactly. How did you go about getting tickets for the game? I, I work in so it's not too far from the stadium so I just left work around 3, 3.30 uh, rode my motorcycle to the stadium and uh, they made me wait for like about half an hour because I was early so I sat in the cafe that's uh, near the away end uh, I was there for about 30 minutes and then I just joined the line for the tickets and to my surprise the queue was not too long I was one of the first people it was not really a hassle I expected the line to be like you know really really big I was expecting far more people than what there actually was why do you think that was why do you think there wasn't a bigger turnout from Mung Tong United? Maybe it was because it, it was a Wednesday, or maybe people were just not too sure about how things were going to go. I think people were just trying to be safe. Well, whatever reason, it was it was great to have away fans back in. How did you feel when you were at the stadium? Did you? I mean, I, I've spoken to. A, couple of Port fans obviously and I've, I've seen things on social media and everything seemed to be fine how did you feel walking around were, were you in club colours no I was not because I just like I said I came from my work so I was not and uh, I actually bought a friend of mine with me as well and I told him like you know the history about you know this fixture this the things that happened in the past that caused the ban and there were a lot of police you know I'm not gonna lie I hope there was <laughs> some kind of riot ha- that that happened it would it, it would have been entertaining but in the end it was all good I, I was not worried but yeah it was a good experience that's good to hear and I, I think the overall impression we're getting is that everybody did behave themselves and I think everybody was just grateful for the the opportunity to go and watch the game and have both sets of fans back in the ground again which adds to the atmosphere doesn't it that does I was going to say for some reason I did not see the ultras from Hong Kong side I don't know if they were banned or they were not allowed to go in, but they were not there. Now, there are a couple of theories floating around on the internet. One is that they were asked to stay away by the club just in case it did lead to any problems. And the other is that they made the choice themselves because there was still a little bit of trepidation and a little bit of fear that they might be provoked by the home fans or their attendance might provoke the home fans. But I'm not really sure. I did see a a lovely story as well that there wasn't a drum in the away end which is obviously very unusual for Thai football and the Port fans apparently lent them a drum which again is is a lovely gesture isn't it I saw that guy from from Wong Kong like he was making some hand gestures I think he was flipping the finger towards the Port fans and I was just having a good banter with my friend like oh this is getting started right now and then I just see like two Port fans with a drum just walk towards him and he was walking towards the Port and like wait what the cops are not doing anything and then they gave him the drum and then Maybe the hand gesture was just like to, to ask for the drum and he was not flipping them off. <laughs> but I actually thought things were going to start. That That's brilliant. And uh, so I guess I guess you've seen the, the photographs of the little kid uh, flipping the bird as well. Maybe that's what he was doing. He just wanted I to did. drum for himself. What a legend. What a legend. So, so what, do you, what do you actually think about that? There's been a couple of opinions expressed on the internet. I can respect it. it the, the ban has been lifted after eight years. But being a football fan, I would still like to see that kind of rivalry between, you know, the fans. Like, I just want to see, you know, people like shouting at each other, flipping them off, showing them the finger and all that. You know, that's the beauty of football. In the end of the game, Mung Tong were singing like Tarua, like Port. And the people from Port, they were singing Mung Tong. I was like, wait, 
weren't you guys meant to be like one of the fiercest rivals in, in Thai League? But on the other side, I can also understand because that's culture in Thailand, you know. End of the day, they can still respect each other. And when the game is going on, they can still, you know, banter and they can still be loud cheering for the team. So I can understand both sides of things, but I lean more toward the, the rivalry being a bit more fierce. You like a bit of an edge, do you, Kevin? That's the fun about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm the same. I mean, I, I do like that element of Thai fan culture and fan culture in general. It it's when it goes too far. I had a chat with Jim from Port earlier on, and I said, you know, I'm I'm too old now for all this. I mean, I, I grew up in an era in England when trouble at football was just commonplace. You know, it would just be there, omnipresent the whole time. You were always fearful, especially when you went to away games. And, you know, you uh, get to a point, I'm too old for that now. I just want to go and enjoy the football. But it's it's great that, you know, you've said that. It's, it's good. I mean, I think, you know, without that, football supporting wouldn't be the same, would it? Problems can be avoided provided you get enough security in the ground. Like on the match day last Wednesday, I think they had like not less than 200 cops around the stadium and in, inside the stadium. So, you know, if you if you put some money into into the security, nothing's gonna happen anyway. So let the fans enjoy, let them have a bit of banter, let them flip each other off, and just have a good match day out. You know. What was the security like? Were they quite heavy-handed, or did they just kind of made made sure that you saw them and you know you were aware of their presence? How how did they deal with it? I think it was more of like you know having having a presence so that it can intimidate a few people. They had you know police dogs. Few of them were holding guns. The ones that were inside the stadium in the stands first of all there were a lot, a lot of them but they were just chilling playing on their phone watching the game it almost seemed like nothing was really going to happen the whole night it could also be because there was a lot of security but in the end we saw that the fans from the court side as well as Montong's side they had some kind of a mutual respect because they know they've costed their club in the past by being stupid enough and going and creating extra trouble you could feel it when you were in the stadium you could feel it that nothing wrong was going to happen it does seem that everybody was very sensible if Montong had of won do you think things would have been different outside the ground afterwards or do you think they would have the Port fans would have just accepted defeat and everything would have still passed off without incident I don't know but I started feeling like uh oh you know we might have trouble because we were 2-0 up but I was not worried at all because you know there was a lot of security and they had you know restrictions they allowed the away fans to leave and you know they had the home fans sitting for like the next 25 to 30 minutes before they were allowed to leave so I don't think anything would have happened with the amount of security there as well. I think it, it could have gotten a bit heated up, but not having the ultras from Wong Tong kind of helped. So finally, do you think that's it now? Do you think we've seen a, an end to the away fan ban and things can get back to normal? I think so. I think so. I just hope the, the next fixture when they go to Wong Tong, I, I hope they, you know, hire more security than they're used to because you still got to be, you know, when, when there's a big game like this, when it's Wong Tong for your or when they support Wong Tong, you got to invest a bit in security because if I'm not wrong, the things that happened in the past was because they cut their costs on uh, security. So I think for a few seasons, they, they, they still got to be really cautious because things have happened in the past, not once, not twice, but three times. They got to see how they can manage this. But I think they'll be fine. They just got to put some money into it. Hopefully everybody's learned from the experience and we can just all move on. So th that's been brilliant. Thank you so much, Kevin. Really appreciate that. It's good to get an away fan's view of the night as well. Thank you so much for having me, Dale. I hope to talk to you soon as well. So there you have it, two sides of the story, both very similar in, in what they had to say about how things were handled on the night. So as I said to both of them, 
very positive and very encouraging, I think. Yeah, it's time to move on, isn't it? I mean, I'm I'm one of the people who were, uh, with my Port Allegiance, I've been to Mongtong the last three seasons. You know, the, the Foreign Legion Mongtong fans are fantastic. Good to see pictures of Chris from that group, by the way, mixing with the Port fans and having a great time in the fan zone last Wednesday. I'm not so sure he'd been that happy after the game, but there we go. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Getting on with each other. I, I think we're beyond it now, you know. We, it, it might have needed that break. It might have done some good. Let's hope so. I mean, it was a very lengthy break, and I, I think there obviously lots of theories as to why it actually took so long to get things sorted. But now we are back at the stage where away fans are being allowed in. Let's, like you say, let's just hope that things can move on. I mean, you you sat in the the home end on Sunday night, didn't you? And you see Saket United shirt without any problems. I did, and it was nice of uh, Michael, who we met him and his friends had a word with the security. Explained, great. That's how it should be. Anyway, let's let's not forget there was also a match played that night. Marco was there, our regular reporter, and he submitted this match report from. Port against Mung Tong. Tied to Thanks, Dale. I'm at Pat Stadium for the Valentine's Day T1 clash between Port FC and Mungtong United. Uh, there's, there's about 15 20 minutes to go till kickoff, and it's quite a big crowd growing, as you would expect. Uh, I've seen a fair few Mungtong fans milling around in the, in the Port fan area, so that's, that's good to see. The fans are mixing well together. There's not much of a, a police presence here. I thought there might be a bit more, just, just for show, more than anything. Anyway, maybe, maybe where the away fans are, there's more, but certainly right where we are, there isn't, there isn't many. Um, yeah, and let's hope the game goes incident free off the pitch anyway and from my, from my point of view on the pitch I'm hoping for three points for Port Half time at Pat Stadium and it is Port nil Mungtong United 2 uh, very flat half from Port they've never really got going but very lethargic and Mungtong have been first to every loose ball and they've played through our midfield really easily I could see after 20 minutes it wasn't working from our perspective I personally would have made changes then but that's not something that managers do I'm sure it will happen at half time I think we'll probably make two or three substitutions so yeah Mungtong's first goal was scored by Pop uh, he got on the end of his, his own shot actually was saved by Tom Porn and he slotted it away into the roof of the net uh, and the second goal came from the penalty spot just before half time after a lengthy VAR check. Port have had a few half chances. Tardelli had one that didn't didn't really get hold of. Another one flashed it wide and then oh yeah, it's all very half-hearted from Port. Really poor performance. Very, very disappointed uh, the way we've played so far. But uh, yeah, let's see what happens in the second half. If you remember this fixture last season, Mungtong were 2-0 down and came back to win 3-2. I'm hoping that history will repeat itself from our point of view this time. And we'll be the victors, but yeah, I think that's a very, very long shot at the minute. What did I say at half-time? I said there was a glimmer of hope. wasn't overly confident, but we got the job done in the end. We were obviously 2-0 down at half-time. And for the first 15 minutes of the half, it's really stop-start. They were just time-wasting at every opportunity. The referee was letting them get away with it. Very, very frustrating. Uh, he did a spark and we got it through Tirasak. Substitute, he came on and he scored one. Then he got another. Then he got his hat-trick. The 3-2 up, we're thinking game's in the bag. Then we let one in, a lovely strike from the uh, Tongs number eight to make it 3-3. Three, three. That was, I think that was 85 minutes. But we kept going and Tardelli popped up with a 94th minute winner and gives us all three points. Overall, we were rubbish for 60 minutes, but absolutely brilliant in the last half an hour. And uh, yeah, fantastic win. I'm absolutely delighted. 
Oh, I've got to say, Dale, what a game. A credit to Thai football. Well, I've heard the first hour was pretty dour. It only came to life in the last 30 minutes, which just happened to be the 30 minutes I was watching. <laughs> Whether that's a coincidence or not, I don't know. It has to be said, it might not have been so dull if you were a Mong Tong fan. Very true. But it, like I say, it's a great night. Sounds like everybody's come away. Even, even the Mong Tong fans, you know, obviously not happy to lose, but they've probably come away feeling a little bit more confident that things are going to get better from here on in. This is Clinton, and you're listening to a Thai football podcast. There were more games played last Wednesday, and we had reporters at two of them. Our old friend Reza, is next up with his report from Ratbury's game and they're in the middle of a fantastic run and following that we've got Bill who was at his favourite place in the whole of Thailand Buriram to watch his side Sukkotai. Thai so let's listen to Reza first and then Bill Thai Football Podcast Match Reports Assalamualaikum We are in Thai League Match Days 17 Today is the match between Ratchaburi FC and Konkan United. The match has ended with the home team wins the game. The match itself going a bit hard for Ratchaburi even though Konkan not too much making chances but they defended very well. 0-0 in the first half and in the second half Ratchaburi keep trying to score the goals and they succeed with another goal by the Debutant in the home match, Matheus Lima, our new Brazilian striker. But the one impressed me is uh, another new recruit is the Tyron Delpina, a Spaniard. He has a very good skill and it looks like already becoming a fan's favorite. So, there you go. Another win for Rachaburi means we are up to fifth in the table. Hope this continues and goes on and on. Come on, you dragons! Report on the Buriram Sukhothai game of February 14th, Valentine's Day. Before we even left for Buriram, Sukhothai supporters knew that we were in for a struggle. Baggio, Bonilla, Jackrit and Lursan, four of our top players, were all under suspension and would not participate. Between them, they had scored 14 of Sukhothai's 21 goals so far this season. So we knew that an orgy of goalmouth thrills in the Buriram goal would not be forthcoming. We did start off playing strong defence and we did have the odd breakaway. So... Everything we had planned looked like it might just happen. However, within the first 15 minutes, another of our top players, Arai, got sent off. Now we were 10 players playing against the reigning league champions. We played the rest of the first half with strong defense and again a few breakaways. Our hopes of a perhaps one nothing win were still intact. Halftime came 0-0. The second half started and within a couple of minutes we were a goal down. Problems. We played the rest of the second half Again, strong defense. In the 
started the second half. One of the Buriram players got sent off, so we were back to 10 aside. However, later after the 60th minute, we had five players substituted. We had a strong second team that started the game, but when five of our players left, we were down to the weaker half of our second team. And it was no real surprise that Buriram scored three more goals. We lost four to nothing. With hindsight, we have nothing to worry about. Our team played well. We did not deserve four against. One nothing, two nothing would have been okay. However, we have just gone through a week of the most ridiculous scheduling by the uh, Thai officials. Sukhothai played three games in seven days. That is ridiculous. The good news is, is that four of our best players got a break due to suspension and they will be rested and raring to go. Well, Dale, I feel a bit short-changed. Bill was very measured. He was. I, I was expecting a 20-minute rant on Burry Ram, but he, you're right. He was he was very calm, wasn't he? I'm not sure why. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm <laughs> going to meet him at the weekend so I, I can ask him why he, he didn't have a real go at Burry Ram because it was the perfect opportunity, wasn't it? It was. And fair point he made about the three games in quick succession. And Charlie Clough also tweeted, I noticed, Port had three games in six days. And it might have made more sense to have that midweek round this week when the players have become more accustomed. I think I think that would have made sense, especially coming after such a long break. I mean, it's, it's easy to say. I mean, we were talking about this the other night, weren't we, about scheduling and all the rest of it. And I think, you know, when you take into account the climate here, the heat, and even though they hadn't played, a lot of the players hadn't played competitively for, what, six weeks? It's still quite gruelling, is it? Three games in a week. So you can have some sympathy for them, even with big squad sizes. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how things progress. I think that the new management have, have promised to tackle a lot of the problems so that's obviously something that over the next few months we're going to be monitoring very closely. Yeah, you've got to give them a chance. I'm, I'm all for giving people a chance. We'll, we'll see how they get on. It's, it'd be silly to judge before they've, they've even started, wouldn't it? Hi, my name is Isaac and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. Next up, we did have games at the weekend. Guess who's back, Rob, with another report. It wouldn't be easy, would it? It is, indeed. And he's a very happy man at the moment. As I said before, Ratbury are in this, on this great run. They're grinding out these 1-0 wins, aren't they? So this is, this is Reza with his report from another great night for his team. Ties to Podcast. Match reports. Sawadee Cup. Good evening from Bunyachinda Stadium in Bangkok. Today, Thai League 18, the match between Polistero FC with Rachaburi FC. The match has ended with the scoreline 1-0 for the away team. Rachaburi FC played offensively throughout the game. They held the ball, they controlled the game, but the goal itself came in the last minute of the match. Injury time, six minutes, good enough to help Rachaburi gain three points. This is the third match Rachaburi win streak. So nine points starting the second league of the season. It's a very, very good result for the Dragons. Come on, you Dragons! 
He is. He's like a two-minute hero, is Reza, like a little punk report each week. Keep them coming, mate. I have to say, after the recent two rounds of games, Burrihama coming like a juggernaut. You mentioned your prediction. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up, Rob. They're, well, they're top now, aren't they? But I mean, but, but oh, yeah. Bangkok United have got a game in hand, but they've got to play Buriram, haven't they? Is it next week or the week after? I think it's in a fortnight, yeah. I'm not going to say anything until those two have met. We'll have a little bit more of an idea when those two have played each other. Hi, I'm Sabina. I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. Just before we move on, there is something I do have to mention. On last week's show, we were talking about teams reaching cup finals and getting relegated. Now, Craig, who's a regular listener, Craig Henry, has contacted us and he said, didn't Middlesbrough reach two cup finals and get relegated in 1996? Yeah, they were deducted three points by the league because they didn't fulfil a fixture because they flew at Blackburn. That was the one. I remember it now. Yeah, so thanks thanks for that, Craig. And he also pointed out that one of us, I can't remember which one it was now, so if it was me, I apologise, <laughs> said that Udon Tani were drawn in the League Cup at Buriram United, but it's actually Utai Tani. I'm not sure. It could have been either of us, that. So thanks thanks for pointing that out, Craig. And just go to show people are listening, Rob. Yeah, it's good to know. I'll tell you what, I wish somebody had complained every week. <laughs> a bit of comfort to work. Uh, you might have opened the floodgates now. But it's, it's nice to know people are listening and, and paying attention, so thank you. And obviously, honestly, don't feel that you can't pull us up. If, we, if we're talking nonsense or we get something wrong, feel free to get in touch and tell us. We really don't mind. We're not that precious, are we, mate? Preferably if we get something wrong. If you complain about us talking nonsense, we'll be here forever. Good point. So to close this week's show, which has been absolutely wonderful, That, like I said at the start, the, the trip to Conken against CCK United on Sunday was was. Truly memorable. It's, it's a shame. I mean, obviously, geography is the issue. But if we could do that every week, we would, I think. It would be great to do the show from grounds around the country. But hopefully we'll get to do it again before too much longer. But to close tonight, we've got a special item. She's been on before and she loves doing this. It's Claire and Tim talking about police terror's away kit when they visited Chambéry recently. And Claire doesn't hold back. A time Claire, what's your opinion on the uh, police tarot strip today? Well, I don't like it. It's very gloomy, to be honest. Yeah, everything's black. Socks and everything. It's, it looks a little bit like an extra strong mint thing on the, on the sleeve. Well, what colour would you describe that as? What, the sleeve? Oh, the two little dots on the sleeve. OK, so the sleeve has got, like, a, a red band with two white stripes on it. And then the strip is black with uh, white, white writing or white numerals. What's that a 10 for the strip? I don't know. I mean, there's some really horrible ones, but this isn't really horrible. It's just, it's just like nothing. I would say, OK, if I'm going to give it a mark out of 10, two. Not very good, then. No, but it's not... It's not brash. It, the colours, well, there are no colours really. So it doesn't clash or cause any kind of issues that way. It looks more like a referee or something without, if you took the numbers off, it would just look like a referee. So, it's very boring, very, very boring. And 
just like their football at the moment, at 4-0 down. Yes, next week on our Royal Ascot review, great stuff, Clary, in all seriousness. It's nice to know that we're not the only ones who have a beer while we're at football. She's got her opinions, as Claire, and it's great that she wants to share them with everyone. So thanks for that, Claire. So that's it for this week. It's It's been a great show. Really enjoyed putting all that together. So thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to all the contributors. It's been an absolute joy putting this together. So thank you. And don't forget, folks, it's the last round of T3. Go out and try and catch a vital game if you can. Yeah, there's still a lot to play for, isn't there, in most regions? Yeah. And we'll see you all next week. Take care wherever you are, everyone. 